Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan, and on this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we welcome Brad Miller and Kyle Sherman to the program. During the show, we talk about our personal relationships with them, the support they get from their family, the business side of things on and off the lanes, and of course their famous Brad and Kyle YouTube channel. These guys are true pioneers that bring a behind-the-scenes look at the PBA Tour to people around the world. If you want to get inspired, this may be the episode for you. This show, if you found it by now, is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. It would mean a great deal to Matt and I. If you really like what we're doing here, you can head over to InsideBowling.com and save 15% off our store with coupon code IBSHOW at checkout. Elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio, and we apologize if at some point in the show you can't quite follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here it is, episode number 23 with Brad and Kyle. Again today on four different platforms is the Inside Bowling Show. I'm Mike, joined by Matt again. And Matt, you got a Team USA jersey in the background. You trying to Johnny Big Time me today or what? No, uh, you know you've got your banner hanging up in the background, Mike, and you've had it up for a couple of days now. So I just, you know, if Mike's going to flex on on the show, then I have to flex a little bit as well. It kind of looks like a youth small jersey on the wall here, but I swear it's 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 an adult medium. It's a real jersey. I didn't just buy this online. Well, I remember sending you some shirts, and I'm pretty sure that uh, that you are you, small Matthew. No, this this is a medium. This is a medium, Mike. Don't don't try to Johnny Big Time me by calling me all pequeño on the on this uh, on the show here, man. I'm, I'm a medium. I'm a medium, really, but I'm a medium. Well, we'd like to welcome everybody in today that's uh, participating in our show, as we are simulcasting again for the second day in a row. So if this is the first time you've seen us. We are uh, on Brad and Kyle's YouTube channel, and we're, we're blessed to be there. And in addition to that, we are also uh, simulcasting on Kyle Sherman's Facebook page. So welcome, everybody. This is what we call the Inside Bowling Show. We are on episode number 23. We're going to do 40 of these shows, and our, and our guests today are going to be Brad and Kyle. Um, so we're excited about that. What was that noise, Matt? Yeah, sorry. I just, uh, of course, inconveniently enough, my landscapers just showed up in my backyard. They'll be done in a couple minutes, so I'll do my best job to mute myself, unmute myself. So here I go muting myself. So, oh, they just turned the machines off. So this is, it's, you know, they're trying to stop us, Mike. They're trying to stop us. But you know what? You can't stop the grind. You can't stop the grind, man. You just can't stop. And uh, and I'm, I'm ready. Landscapers, no landscapers, internet, no internet, microphone, whatever it is, Mike, we're going to get this show done. 
Yes, we are. And uh, we have a lot of comments coming in. We are an interactive program. However, when you're simulcasting on a YouTube channel that has 72,000 subscribers, uh, we will not be able to get to every comment today. Uh, yeah, we're going to be a little in over our heads today from a production and comments and question and answering standpoint. Mike and I are used to having uh, 12 viewers, and uh, we're already setting personal records here on the show. So, uh, so please... Bear with us. We're gonna to try to get to everything as much as we can, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. That's that's for sure. And we will get to our guests here in just a few few minutes, who everybody wants to see. But I do want to remind everybody that if you can subscribe to the Inside Bowling YouTube channel, we would greatly appreciate that, Early as well Friday. as follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm gonna tell you why it's okay for you to go out and do that. Because when Brad and Kyle started their YouTube channel on June 8th, 2017, with their first upload, it was Inside Bowling that helped give them the boost. It was Inside Bowling that was telling people to go subscribe to their channel. And it was text messages coming in this direction that would say, hey, Mike, would you mind sharing our video so we can get it out there to the masses? And things have come completely full circle now to where we are now asking them to share our stuff to grow our brand. So subscribe to our stuff, everybody. Subscribe to our stuff because if it wasn't for us, Brad and Kyle would probably be six months further behind in the process. So you can look and see how many YouTube subscribers they had six months ago, which is probably like 50,000. Yeah, just... <laughs> But their their twenty two thousand extra subscribers are because we helped get it out there in the beginning. So, and we're going to talk and reminisce about some of the stuff in the past today. How Brad Miller was on some of the original uh, broadcasts that we did. Uh, so uh, on Inside Bowling and and how he cut his teeth there, and we talk about Kyle Sherman bowling the IB Open and that. But let's get to today's uh, Bowler X poll question. Let's let's bring up yesterday's poll question, Matt, and let's see how those results came in from yesterday. So yesterday's question was, which member of Bowl DMC, our guest yesterday, will be first to win a PBA Tour national title? Is it Darren Tang, Mikey Tang, Chris Vi? And uh, it was neck and neck, Matt. We had a close one here. And Darren Tang takes it at 45.6%. Chris Vi at 42.2%. And Mikey Tang at 12.2%. So pretty close between Darren and Chris. And as we thought, Mikey would come in third, uh, as he is kind of the the stepchild in, in the group. But uh, we hope Mikey Tang wins first. I at least said that yesterday. Yeah, you did. And once again, accurate with the prediction. You predicted that it was going to be like a 65-35 split with the 3-6-9-10 bucket poll question. Yesterday, you predicted that Mikey was going to get the shit end of the stick with the poll question, um, and accurately. So it's you got to be careful, Mike Flanagan, because what you speak – comes into an ex comes into an existence really and uh if if you can't yeah, i just hope that whenever somebody asks you a question about me you always say something good because if you like you know tell me tell you, say to somebody i'm gonna get the shit out of the stick then i'm i'm, I'm gonna get it and and I, I don't want that mike i was listening to dan patrick this morning uh, before the show and and jordan with scotty pippen in the lineup won 75 percent of playoff games with without him it was like two and eleven and I didn't run the percentages on that, uh, but I know it's like 17 or 18%. So you are my Scotty Pippen, Matt. And without you on this show, wow. we couldn't win championships. 
So. I'm moving up because a couple days ago in one of these testing sessions, you called me your secretary. So now I've moved up from secretary to Scotty Pippen. So I like where this is going. And we're only at episode 22. So who knows where I'm going to be at by the time we get to episode or 23, excuse me. So we're going to, who knows where I'll be at by episode 40. With the influxation of viewers today, I have to give a new image of the show and let people know just how great you are instead of belittling you on the air. So I, I like this. over a new leaf. I like this and I appreciate that. So maybe we just need to have more famous people on more often and I'll be, you know, I'll all of a sudden be glorified into this amazing producer slash co-host. I still can't believe we're referring to these guys as famous people. <laughs> well, they are. And if we want them to keep coming on and getting us more subs, then we best keep referring to them as famous people. So what do we have for today's poll question? And because we want to get to our guest, I just said, give me one. And what is it? So, uh, you know, the poll question for today, Mike, is... Uh, you know, we said earlier, Brad and Kyle currently have about a little over 72,000 subs on YouTube. How long will it take for them to get to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube? Is it September of 2020, December of 2020, February of 2021, or April of 2021 or later? Okay, great question. We'll get that posted on Inside Bowling Bowler X poll question for today. Make sure you go out and vote. We'll recap that on tomorrow's show. And if you want to do the math on that one, when, when they're uploading daily and when the tour resumes, they're going to pick up 150 to 200 subscribers a day if they're daily vlogging. Uh, so figure out how many tour stops there are, how many weeks those are, times 200 or so. Uh, not to mention when people start going out and bowling again, they're going to find their instructional videos. Speaking of which, we just dropped another instructional video this morning on our Inside Bowling YouTube page. Make sure you go check that out. Mike Shady dropping more knowledge today. And don't forget, in case we get off on a tangent and don't remember to plug our merch, you can uh, save 15% with coupon code IV show over at Inside Bowling, including some Brad and Kyle merch. So I think uh, I think it's come to the time in the show that everybody wants to talk to our guests and, and talk things over and get to know them a little bit. We have a special relationship here at Inside Bowling with Brad and Kyle as we're business partners um, and we inspire each other to do things in, in bowling. And these guys are, are true pioneers in the YouTube space. We talked about Darren Tang yesterday being a pioneer in the Twitter or um, sorry, Twitch space. Uh, and and these guys are, are pioneers in, in the YouTube space. Uh, like I said, their first upload was June 8th, 2017. It was shot uh, vertical instead of horizontal. Uh, it's great to go back and, and look at that. Uh, and we do go way, way back, all the way back to high stakes bowling matches. So let's bring in our buds, Brad and Kyle. So how are you doing? Listen, I want to say, first off, Matt, don't be taking this Scotty and Jordan reference, all right? Your ceiling's higher than that. Okay? Thank you. There's I don't no know how says you can't be Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, screw Mike Flanagan inside the I'm Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Kyle. Mike, I hope you're listening. I hope you're paying attention here. Because <laughs> every time we have guests on the show, they always hype me up, and you're like, yeah, Matt's good, Matt's good. Do all the little work, archive everything, type everything up, set up the episodes. I think I'm meant for more, Mike. <laughs> Destined for greatness. I would I would agree. And and I appreciate Brad wearing a hat today because I'm dealing with this glare off my forehead every day. And I, and I wonder if there's a if there's a filter I can put on my window that's got like a brown tint to it to, to make me look tan or if I should get some spray tan because it's just it's just gleaming up here. And and Brad, I noticed you're wearing a hat today. So well, I used to use this light right in front of me, and I the first show that Kyle and they did on our YouTube channel my forehead like i'm you couldn't even see me 
It was the glare was so bad. But I'm not using the light right now, so now it's actually like dark. So I might. Act. Oh my god! I got <laughs> yeah, they they need people like us to be successful, Brad. Us us uh, weird looking heads. I, I know. So Fear guys, people with hair. How how are you today? Are, are you guys doing all right? You're doing shows like every day with people. Uh, we're good, man. Your guys' shows are the earliest one of them all. Well, I mean, I don't, I I don't know. How do you guys like having a daily show? It's like your own, it's like your own radio, Sirius XM. It's kind of the feel that we're going for. Honestly, Mike's inspired by Dan Patrick a lot. So I think that if you, if you watch our show and you know the Dan Patrick show at all, you're kind of, uh, see some parallels there so kind of i think you kind of hit it on the, the nail on the head right there with uh with the, the daily radio type show yeah yeah and he always makes fun of the danettes and you do remind me of a danette um matt you kind of remind me uh, of fritzy a little bit because he always does goofy things that that just don't make any sense like you know we just heard your dog barking in the background and yeah i got landscapers yeah with the leaf blower could you tell us the model number of what the guy's leaf blowing out there with? Is it is it a, is it a steel? Is it an echo? Uh, um, you know, um, being a New York New York City type kid, I couldn't tell you if he's he's using a, a model premium model or if he's doing it with his hands. <laughs> I really have no idea what the difference is. So I'm sorry to disappoint everybody on that one. <laughs> so to to your audience and and to our audience. Um, we have, we have a lot of history and I think we should take a little bit of a trip down memory lane and give a bit of an educational lesson here on, on just kind of how we got to know each other a little bit. Um, I'm from St. Louis. Brad went to school at Lindenwood universities from Kansas city. Kyle's born and raised in St. Louis. Um, many people don't know that his parents, uh, are very influential in the St. Louis market. Uh, his mother, Tracy was the secretary of the ladies traveling league for many years was the high average in the VP of the league before, and his father was a winner of World Team Challenges, bowl with the likes of Lightfoot uh, and Weber's as well. So, bowling family, bowling cloth uh, is what you were cut into. Uh, Kyle, if you could tell everybody a little bit about your, you know, your upbringing and, and why bowling so important to you and the people you got to hang out with as you were coming up. Yeah, you know, bowling's always been a huge part of my life. I was, you know, born and raised basically in a bowling center. When people ask me how long you've been bowling, when did you start bowling? Uh, the answer is since I can remember. Uh, I was stuck in a bowling center. My parents were always bowling leagues. So, you know, I was one of those kids that I would fall asleep in a bowling center. I mean, you know, bowling centers allows anything and it would just put me to sleep. Uh, so I, as far as I can remember, I was always in a center. My parents were really established bowlers. I remember going to watch, you know, my mom was the one of the best women around, if not the best. And then my dad was, you know, the same way. So I, uh, I definitely got inspired a lot watching them uh, succeed so well in our little area. And then that really kind of inspired me to be, uh, you know, push myself to be great because that's what I knew. I mean, my parents were really good. So I'm like, well, I, I can't be worse than my parents. And so I, I just remember I practiced with my dad all the time. You know, he was my biggest inspiration going up. And he never took it easy on me. That man would never let me win. I think, think I finally, I mean, and he would, not only would he not let me win, he would rub it in when he was about to beat me. Every now and then I would get close. And I'll never forget, he would always, 
he would always if he had to go up in the tent to strike or spare to beat me he'd always pull up a chair and he said boy you better take a seat because I'm about to blow right by you. <laughs> He'd tell it to me every time I was growing up. And I think I finally beat him when I was like maybe 13, 14. I think I was started. And then then the tables turned to where if he ever beat me, I'd, I'd never hear the end of it. So growing up, it was uh, they were my biggest two inspirations. But I had a lot of inspirations growing up. Uh, my biggest, another big one was probably uh, just a local guy, Eddie Bird. Uh, I was just obsessed with his release. Uh, he was just, in my opinion, I say it all the time, he's still one of the greatest releases I've ever seen. And uh, so luckily I was uh, born into and raised into some really amazing bowling talent, bowling inspirations, uh, and was really lucky in that factor. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of people just don't realize how good of a bowler your, your dad was. I mean, he owns a towing company. You know, your, your parents own a towing company in St. Louis sponsored bowling tournaments and that and bowling teams over the years but your dad was a really good bowler could you share with our audience a little bit about uh your dad and what success he's had on the lanes yeah you know my dad uh was uh he owns his own business a garage towing company so he never got to go out and maybe try the tour or anything like that um and you know he's not really necessarily like a high rev guy, but the dude is just a winner. Um, he's bowled, he used to bowl doubles with Dick Weber at nationals, especially the last couple of years um, that Dick was alive there. Uh, he he's won world team challenges. Uh, you know, any my dad especially uh, in the area was always renowned for a really really good team bowler. Uh, he would always have the best teams. Uh, they used to have this team shootout that I think he's won more. It's just a ridiculous amount of times that he's won. Uh, and it's just he was just one of those guys that everyone wanted to bowl with. And he would always have the best teams, and he brings out the best in people. Uh, and he's just – man, he's like he's going to get it done. And it was just – it was I didn't – unfortunately, my dad's a little older uh, when he had me. I think he was 40 when he had me. So I didn't get to see, you know, a lot of it. Uh, but I was there for quite a bit going to tournaments, uh, and it's just – it was definitely a blessing. But, yeah, he just – he's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah, and uh, the team shootout in St. Louis is very equivalent to the World Team Challenges, but St. Louis had such a, a great amount of bowlers and, and, and talent pool in that area. They, they'd fill up a 48-lane bowling center, and the best the best would come out from all around the Midwest, and your dad has won that tournament multiple times. And yeah. he – he has the respect in St. Louis of the names like Weber and Bluth and all of those guys. Everybody knows Dennis Sherman. And I wanted to tell that because I, th I think a lot of people don't realize just, you know, all the St. Louis families that have great bowlers, you know, the Weber's obviously Dick and Pete, but your, your dad, if he had put it, put it to it, he, he probably could have won some regionals and maybe gone on the national tour and had some success. Yeah. You know, my dad, you know, like I said, had his own business, uh, you know, Growing up, never really had a ton of money or anything. Nothing was really given to him. So he was always working his butt off. And then he, he got into bowling late, I believe. You know, I think it was in his early 20s, some mid-20s, something like that. I mean, he didn't grow up bowling. Picked it up, and dude was just a worker. Go in, practice every day, uh, and just kind of taught himself how to do it. And, uh, you know, the thing about my dad, he's just – he just pays attention and he's got an eye for it. And even today, you know, he might not be the most technically sound guy as far as knowing the terminology, but the dude knows when something's wrong or why someone's doing something. He might not be able to put the words uh, that 
to on paper, but he's, I mean, he's so smart about the game. He just pays attention. It's yeah. He's, He's a piece. I don't. I don't get it half the time. But I, I love it when you tell me that. I love it when my dad tries to give me advice on how how the how the lanes, what ball changes I should make now into this modern day game, and and how you guys have those those spats, oh. spats or conferences. Together. Oh, we go at it, man. I mean, I've gotten this. I can't tell you how many times I've been in screaming matches with my dad. Like especially when I was young, he'd be telling me something. I'm like, no, I wasn't doing that. And I'd be crying on the way home. And my dad was hard on me. Like there wasn't no like, hey, good job. You tried your best. It was, no, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You need to get better at this, blah, blah, blah. Like you didn't win. I mean, it was tough. I, I, I was telling the story the other day and we were practicing. If I ever fell off a shot, I was done for the day practicing. And I'm like, so, you know, I tried not to fall off any shots. Yeah, it was tough. We go at it. And part of it is now, like, I got, you know, I've, I've matured a little bit, but we always had that where I know what he's talking about. And when I was growing up, I kind of didn't really realize it, but he knew what he was saying. He just couldn't translate it in today's modern game because he doesn't keep up with all the equipment and the terminology and all that. So, you know, it was just tough. Like, he would know the right thing to say, but couldn't translate it to me. And I'm just like, tell me something that I can use. And he just couldn't, but he kind of knew it was just, but now growing up, I kind of understand what he's saying and I can kind of use that knowledge to my advantage. And, you know, the part is when I'm doing something wrong, I still have that bit in me that, you know, I know he's right, but it's my dad saying it and it just gets under my skin sometimes. And it's just, but it's good. It's healthy. It, uh, it definitely uh, built some tough skin on me. So. And I think we've all been there, and it's a good lesson to be learned. But the, the support you get from your parents on the road is is incredible. And, and Brad, I have seen your father watch you bowl at so many events that I've gone out and covered. What's your relationship like with your dad? I know he's your biggest fan and, and your parents in general and the support that you get from them. Well, he's the only reason I'm still doing it. There were probably there there was probably multiple times back in like the middle twenties where I just didn't really want to do it anymore. And he's like, you're not going to like corporate life. So I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking, but you might as well just see it out. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm never going to have any money. Like I've never, what, like I've been doing this for four or five years now. And I still have the same amount of money to my name as I did four or five years ago. And he goes, no, it just takes time. Like, like think about it in like an MLB pitcher. They start out in, double A, triple A, and then they finally get their shot when they're 28, 29 years old. And then they have a career worth of like five great years where they rake in a lot of money and it just takes time. And I'm like, I'm impatient. I I want something going. I, I need something on a daily basis to work on. And he's like, dude, just keep doing it. And so I did like, he's literally the only reason uh, he, he talked me out of getting a job in the corporate life. He doesn't want me to. And he, he had a particularly bad scenario the last like three or four years of his career for his company. So just seeing how the corporate world is ran nowadays, I just he, he talked me out of it. And yeah, he's literally the only reason to do it. And he loves it, man. He, he loves to come and watch me bowl, especially when I have a lot of money on the line. Like if I go into an amateur tournament and say I put up like a thousand bucks, like he loves that. He's looking at scores. Well, he had this guy in brackets six times and he shot 220. You shot 235, so you beat him six times. But Mark Henninger over there shot 240. You had him. Like he's running the numbers constantly. He loves money, and and he loves to pay attention to it in terms of like bowling. So and he and he loves like 
he went to the PBA league with me last year and he loved it up there. And yeah, he's, he's trying, he's literally the only reason I'm still doing it. He's trying, I love it when he travels with me. It's, it's cool. I'm glad we have that bond. Yeah. And I like to talk about the upbringing because uh, everybody gets to see you guys now as these superstars out there. I mean, we're simulcasting on your channel, which thank you by the way, for the, for the publicity on that. Yeah. You guys have really, really evolved in the last couple of years and people know you and every time you guys go on a stream or whatever, everybody's laughing and having a great time. And that's what everybody loves about you. But I wanted to get a little more serious on today's on today's show just to do things a little bit different, as I like to say, I'm the opposite guy here. Uh, Matt, what, what did Barnes say? What, what did you what would you, what were you displaying on the screen that Barnes had? Is there any correlation between how a guest dresses for your show and how much respect they have for it? <laughs> We got suit and ties showing up here. Well, I mean, Mike's wearing a blue shirt, so clearly there's not a whole lot of respect going around. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shots fired, man. <laughs> we did have somebody coming in the comments and saying, I won't sub to your channel or something like that because you wear a crappy-ass hockey team shirt. Go Penguins. <laughs> so, so apparently they got, they got a whole lot of Blues fans hanging around here. <laughs> so, so let's let's talk about uh, how, how we met and how we got together um, many years ago. And I, and let's let's start. We'll start with Brad. Brad, do you remember when Inside Bowling first started? You talked about it during your first live stream, Brad and Kyle live stream Thursday nights on their YouTube channel. Make sure you go check it out. But you you touched on this a little bit. Do you re, do you remember the first time you met me and, and the Inside Bowling stuff? Uh, tell people a little bit about that experience. I can't remember the exact moment that I first met you. I'm assuming it was at Crest Lanes when you were managing, and I'm sure there was like a tournament there or something. But you were always you were the guy that just had had ideas and had something going. And I don't know if I met you before you had Inside Bowling, before it was even created, but. Uh, as far as I remember, I met you and you had inside bowl and you're like, yeah, I got the, all these ideas. We're going to start running these action matches. We're going to have a forum where people can talk smack to each other and throw up money against each other. And at that time in college bowling, the college bowling forums were popular. Everybody was on there talking smack to each other. So it was, it was about that same time where a lot of the Lindenwood guys just transitioned over to <laughs> from college bowling to inside bowling forum. And they started putting up these matches like, hey, I'll bowl anybody, 10 games, $100 a game, $1,000 total, $2,000 total for the match. And and uh, I remember a, a popular guy that bowled a lot of them were Nick Weber. And, and Nick was – he's a great friend of mine, but his philosophy was he's trying to get better. He's trying to learn how to bowl. He had a little bit of money at the time, so he started bowling all these, like, really good bowlers like Tim Barrett, Brett Cunningham, uh, and he, uh, you know, he lost, he lost a little bit of money, but he, uh, yeah, dude, I remember those times, man. I remember, I still, I think I still might have your t-shirt where it was like the first hundred subscribers of inside bowling were printed on the back of it. Yeah. And then when we broke the world record for the five man team, you had us at your house for a, a podcast that you were kind of sort of doing or some kind of show 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Wow. Do you, so what was your what was your favorite match that happened back then? Do you have a favorite? Uh, I, so a couple things about that. So first of all, my my uh, Lindenwood University students that were student athlete bowlers helped put inside bowling on the map because they saw what I was doing and just came over and hi, I'm Eddie Setwinski. Hi, I'm Brad Miller. I'm like, oh hey guys, tell me a little bit about yourself. We had like a like maybe like a thirty second interview and I'm like, you guys want to sit in this booth? You guys know these guys better than I do. And so I just put a podcasting setup in front of you and you guys called action on, um, what was it at the time? Ustream? I yes. 
And I remember, I remember we were doing this with, with just a one webcam and you guys felt like rock stars. And I remember you taking off the headset one time and looking at me and saying, Lucas Wiseman's joined us. He's in that. And at the time, Lucas Wiseman was like the biggest thing, you know, in bowling. He was the, he was the broadcaster for bowl TV that was just kind of getting started. And I remember that's like when we felt like, like we made it, you know, and the one thing about inside bowling, especially early on and even today, is it's a community thing. It's not a dictatorship. I, I like to lead, of course, but I always, I've always had more people come in and out of our booth when we live stream tournaments than anybody else. It's almost like an open invitation to sit down and have a seat. And you guys have both graced us on, on the airwaves. But Brad, you were one of the originators of that. And I can't thank you enough for the support that you and all the people at Lindenwood did for getting us off the ground back in 2010. Yeah, that first the first one, you we had one mic. Actually, maybe the first couple. We only had one mic, and Setwinski and I were passing the mic back. <laughs> we could talk. It was hilarious, man. But yeah. dude, that, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then you guys broke the all-time world world record, for, for which has now been broken last year in St. Louis, or not too long ago, I should say, this year. Yeah, and you guys broke that record, and everybody that had cell phones at the time, and cell phones weren't very good ten years ago. We've come mm. a long way, people. Not everybody had iPhones, and I and I pieced all those clips together to make the best video I possibly could. I didn't even know Premiere. I didn't. I was using like Adobe Elements or something to create this thing. And I know you two can really appreciate this, Matt, as well, because I taught him Premiere on the fly for Junior Gold Vlogs last year. But working with that editing software the first time is such a bitch I'm, oh my gosh that's the thing that people don't understand is the edit and uh we should probably get into the youtube side of things a little bit here and 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 kyle let's let's talk about this this youtube channel of yours you guys have seventy two thousand subscribers now you guys launched june 8th 2017 which just happens to be my best friend from from kindergarten and i'm still best friends with the guy his name's marty his birthday is on June the 8th. And I just realized that today it's kind of coincidental when dates kind of align like that, but you guys started June 8th. You guys started this YouTube channel. You're at 72,000 subscribers now. And I guess the first question I have for you is are, are you two the most influential brand in bowling from a bowler's perspective? Like just not, not a ball company, but, but, but as bowlers, uh, you know, we really don't see, you know, I, I don't think we're the most influential, uh, you know, Jason has a pretty big following, but even then, Jason, yeah, so, well, <laughs> so weird. The buds, we're on a first name basis now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't really see it as uh, influential, or you know, we don't really get too caught up in how big our following is. You know, we're always just trying to figure out ways to kind of build the best content that we can to keep making it entertaining for people or, you know, inform people or do whatever. Uh, but it's been cool to see the growth. Uh, it's cool to see that people have really uh, latched onto it and follow. And uh, it really, it gives us something to push to keep making it better. Um, if it wasn't for all the people subscribing and sharing and all the support, you know, if no one was watching it, we probably wouldn't do it anymore. So um, but it, it's cool to see the growth and that we can actually do some really good things for the sport. Uh, one of the coolest messages we get is when people saying how much our videos have helped them or got them back into bowling or, you know, I haven't bowled for 20 years and I watched your videos and now I'm joining my first league or I watch you guys and I'm just started bowling. So those comments is uh, what makes the whole process super special. 
Yeah, I just want to take a second. I'm going to interrupt you here, Mike. We have a comment that rolled in from a very talented individual, Jeff Martin. Uh, very smart guy. <laughs> Matt Farmer's the GOAT releases clean. Clean. So I, I get I get, I get. it. We've got a couple of the celebrities here, and I'm just kind of the producer making all the screen go around. But I just I want to let everybody know that there's some smart people in the chat. Back to you, Mike. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, I know you saw it. I know you saw it. You know, Mike's the worst bowler in this group. I just gotta say, yeah, he is. Well, that banner behind him would tell would tell a different story. Well, <laughs> that's my that's my gateway banner. That's your gateway. Yeah, that's my gateway banner. Is that is that, uh, is that an eight hundred or three hundred? That's three hundred, right? Hundred, yeah. North you would North. you would be the only guy that gets alternating colors from letter to letter. I mean, that's just such a Flanagan thing. Most people are just like, yeah, white banner, blue letters. You're like, white banner, red F, red A, red A, red A, and then blue <laughs> other ones. <laughs> Touche. Uh, back on track, Brad, I want to ask you something. All right. This one might hurt a little bit. Oh, boy. Are you guys overrated as bowlers um, in the landscape of bowling because you have a YouTube channel? Are you guys good enough to back up where where your fan following is? We're good enough to back it up. It's not even about being good enough. It's more so being knowledgeable enough. Because a big part of our our content is just showing the world what professional bowling is all about. The beauty of it right now is that we're actually able to compete and we can share our personal stories. But I think we're knowledgeable enough now that we could still run content about the PBA and be okay. We can tell the stories about other bowlers and how they bowled. And um, yeah, uh, maybe at the beginning, like we weren't very good, you know, and maybe our content wasn't as good either, but I think our content has helped us out a lot in terms of bowling as well. So I think right now, yeah, we fit, we fit the correct mold. We're right in there, man. We're right in there with all of them. Like I don't think there's anyone we haven't beat on a daily basis or like in a single day before. So we have the capability to beat anybody. So yeah, I, th I think we're more than qualified to do what we're doing on YouTube. Kyle, you chomping the bit to get in on that. I mean, I'm just saying that Brad does not show enough appreciation of how much I've inspired him to become a better bowler. <laughs> You're saying I don't get it. I don't get enough credit. I mean, before I came along, Brad made like three or four cuts. He's doing whatever. And now the man can't miss a cut. I know. Kyle comes out blazing. I'm like, now. Nah. He's like, I can't, I can't be having this. <laughs> I just had to give him something to reach for. So I just want to say, I don't get enough credit for this. But that's you know, all. You're actually, I'll actually agree with you on that. The first three or four years I spent, it was kind of like, how in the world am I going to get better? And then you came out and actually kind of showed me that, oh, wow, that's possible. I can do that. And I, there was a lot of things I watched you do that year that kind of opened my eyes about, you know, what it takes to shoot 260 when you can't necessarily shoot 260. Yeah, dude, you actually, you I think I'm agreeing with that. Man, this, this is a good day. <laughs> this is a good day. <laughs> I think you guys definitely push each other um, for sure and help make each other better. I, I remember when you guys were first starting thinking about doing the YouTube thing and I was talking to you about it. I gave you the advice that you should each start your own channels and just do collaborations together. And you, you guys did. you guys made the decision to do it together. And I disagreed with it. I completely disagreed with that strategy. 
Well, and obviously it's worked. So I was completely wrong, Matt. There you go. I was wrong. I didn't. Get I, I this will be a clipped moment posted on social immediately for everybody to see. Well, why the decision to do the channel together? Because neither one of us knew what we were doing. Just like why you, I mean, I guess Mike could probably, you guys could pull this off yourself, but I, I think it's just fun to do things together with somebody. You get to share the memories and you get to bounce ideas off of. And I think the quality is always better when you have more people in the mix. I mean, it, it was taking us 12, 15 hours to edit our first vlogs together. I mean, imagine doing that on your own. I don't think either one of us would have saw it out. And actually, before Kyle graduated college, I was planning on doing something similar. Mike, you got me into the Premiere Pro and you hooked me up with a camera that would be a good camera and everything. But I don't think I would have finished it out if I was on my own. I think it's just, it would have been too much. The, if I did, the content definitely wouldn't have been as good. I mean, the, everything is just better when you do it with other people. I think you see that now with like all the live streaming, Barnes and Stewie, uh, Sloan and Frankie. I think people, I think it's just a more enjoyable ride and you give yourself a better chance at success when you have more people involved. Now, that being said, that can having more people can also create problems as well if you guys don't link up in your visions and you guys don't deal with adversity very well or something like that. It can or greed, you know, money uh, that can cause a lot of problems too. So when you're looking for someone to go in business with, you got to really be careful. You got to make sure for one, I think you got to make sure that their ideas on money are the same. You guys got to have the same idea on money, and I think that's one thing that Colin and I have is. We don't really like we haven't taken a dime yet and we're, we're not necessarily money hungry in any sense. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it, I think it's better with multiple people than just doing it on, on your own. Yeah, if I can chime in the uh, for one, when we first started, the learning curve was so steep that it really was like, OK, you need, we, you know, two brains is going to be better than one to figure it out because we had no idea what we were doing. Uh, and then the other thing I th think really helps with doing it together is the accountability factor. You know, I think if either one of us was doing it just on our own and it was our own responsibility that there's a chance we would want to give up on it uh, and just not do it because, you know, we were basically starting from ground zero, had no idea. But the fact that we were both in it is like, okay, you know, it's both of us. I got to get this edit done because, you know, it's affecting more than just me. So as far as, you know, why we decided to do it, A, the learning curve, the accountability, and then like Brad said, uh, the idea of doing it together is just, and then now that we got more people involved now with the house, uh, just makes the experience so much better. I wouldn't, cause the story is not just about one of us, you know, we're rooming together. We're going through the struggles. Uh, we're going through the triumphs. Uh, and the story is about more than just any one of us. It's about all of our friends, us too. So, uh, it just made sense in that way. Do you think Beef and Barnsey would even exist if it wasn't for you two? Or would they maybe be doing it on their own? Um, I think someone would have came along and, and done something. Uh, we just happened to be one of the first people. But it, it, I think it's inevitable. Like, you know, the way social media has been going, uh, the trends, uh, someone would have started it. And uh, we just happened to be uh, one of the first ones to do something like that. And, uh, but yeah, I think, I think they would. I mean, it's just... Especially with how social, how big social media is today, they would do it. Yeah. That's actually a, a better question. Would Beef and Barnsey exist without you, Mike? Well, we talked about that before. They actually found this platform before us. We were trying this for two weeks <laughs> and couldn't figure it out. They taught us on this one. But uh, but we do talk to them all the time. But, but the reason why I bring it up is 
bowling in our industry is a copycat world and you see it just about everywhere. But um, what I what I feel like is more people have started either YouTube or doing some sort something together than doing it alone. And I think you guys have inspired people to do things together. I mean, even the bikini, what are they? The bikini oh, the bikini bosses. bosses. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool to see how you guys create and how you guys have kind of paved the way for a lot of other people to get into the YouTube space, the videoing space, the Twitch space, and how you guys are really kind of um <laughs> yeah, Barney coming off the top ropes, kind of figured if those guys knew how hard could it be, right? But I could just picture Barney sitting there editing a video for like 13 hours and then just like break his laptop and say, Yeah, we're not we're not doing this. We're dying with glasses. Yeah, he's got his glasses, he's like pushing them uh, up. Uh, trim, how do you do that? Right. Yeah, just uh, cool stuff. But I think I think we've got a lot of comments that are coming in here that a lot of people are talking about how much you guys have helped other people and how your coaching videos and your instructional videos um, and your membership group that you guys have that you offer, um, you know, on a subscription basis that people could come in, they can learn the ins and outs of the PBA tour and just competitive bowling in general and get better and improve yourself. So um, I, I guess what, what I want both of you to talk about is kind of what inspired you guys to start really giving back to people and instruction, uh, you know, putting out instructional content um, and where do you guys see that going from here? Brad, well, over. I just drank this whole water. I got to use the restroom. All right. <laughs> I think for me, my journey was a little different. And I I saw the hard part of the journey. I was grinding on tour. I wasn't doing very good. And I knew there was like a steep learning curve from college. Like I went from being one of the best bowlers in college to just non-existent on tour. I mean, I couldn't even sniff a check. And so it was like this huge gap that I realized existed. And it took me, I remember Rhino Page told me one year at one of my first World Series of Bowling, he goes, it's a five-year journey now. With, with the way the PBA was structured at the time, there was only like a couple of swings. You know, there was a lot of time at home. And, and he told me, he goes, it's a five-year journey now. And I'll, I'll actually never forget that because at that time it, it is, and it still could be, you know. But uh, I just remember how hard it was for me. And so if I was going to keep doing it, uh, I was going to obviously spend my time trying to learn and trying to find little tricks and little things about the game that I didn't know previously that could help me. And I just thought to myself that, you know, people need help. I need help, you know. And when I got to the point where I was receiving help and I was learning and I was gaining these experiences, I just wanted younger people to see, kind of hear what I've learned and what my journey was. And I thought that Kyle and I are the exact people to put out instructional content because we're actually seeing with our own eyes what's working, what's not working. Like, for example, people hate a push away, but Tom Doherty does it pretty dang good. and Darren Tang does it pretty dang good. So I felt like we were really qualified to share the information that we were learning. We were also getting a lot better. So our credibility was uh, and the, our YouTube channel was was raising as well. But I feel like people on tour, they're, they're, the, they're the qualified people to really put out knowledge that you can trust. You know, you actually, we, a lot of the stuff we do, we back it up with professional bowlers. This is what Barnes does. Like he has a late push away. He's in his third step. Like you will never learn that from a coach ever, but it works for him. So it's possible. And I don't know. I just thought that since we were going through the journey ourselves is the exact same journey that other youth bowlers and everyone else is going through and will go through. So 
I just wanted to help. And, and, and uh, instructional content at the time on YouTube did better than our vlogs. <laughs> so yeah. we, need, we needed a way to get people to watch the vlog. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's worked out pretty darn well, considering the fact you guys now have over 70,000 subs. Is there, if you guys look back on it and your journey through YouTube and your journey through, I'm sure there's probably plenty of things that you wish you could have done different on the lanes to get better quicker and to be uh, maybe in a more advanced place in your career. But is there anything that looking back on your YouTube journey that you guys wish you would have known that you wish you would have changed and done different to hopefully like to possibly progress you guys further than where you are now. Mm. You know, it's, it's, that's an, that's an odd question, right? Because like part of the, part of the beauty and like what we're doing and, you know, generally life in general is like the journey. Right. So, uh, you know, personally for me, uh, the only way I really learn is to just keep making mistakes. Right. And like, you know, and that's, and, and YouTube's kind of a cool space because everything's documented, right? Like your first videos are documented compared to your brand new ones. So it's really cool going back and seeing like people's first videos that are awful. Uh, what's the, what's the Mike, what's the Marquise Brownlee? Mm -hmm. yeah. His first couple of videos they're so bad and like com especially compared to now like he's doing it on a phone i think it might have been held the wrong way he's it's dark everything's kind of distorted and now he's in this amazing studio uh uh shooting off uh what's the camera's called uh the, the red the red yeah yeah the red dragons or whatever yeah whatever it is you know he's has all these amazing guests on uh so part of the beauty of it is the journey. So, you know, I, yes, if we were, uh, you know, filmmakers knew how to make all this content, uh, it would have been great, but that kind of takes away from the realness of what the vlog has provided. So there's really not a whole lot that I would choose to do differently, even on the lanes, man. Like it's just, you're not going to learn, you're not going to get better until you learn it yourself and figure it out. You know, people can tell you it as much as you want, but you're not going to learn that lesson uh, until you live it, and uh, that's been one of the coolest parts about the blog. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if there's anything we could have changed. I don't think we had the knowledge to do anything different. We were just going by the seat of our pants, you know. Just well, and as we do it more, we get more. And, and we still fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. well, we know. Makes, we know. <laughs> it makes these two up here so mad. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just that's how we roll i don't know what to tell you guys i think i think one of the biggest things for me with, with people that i work with including you guys which you guys are extra special to me because i was far i was part of when you guys got started i was kind of pushing you guys a little bit to do this i introduced mm -hmm. you to casey neistat and then david dobrik and a lot of the other people like that you guys discovered and found on your own but the thing with me in bowling that 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 is is so sick and I don't know why I, I try to push bowling higher than I do because we, there's a lot of people setting their ways in this industry, but I like to try to introduce experts that are, that are good at doing something that us bowlers have no clue what to do. Right. And a lot of it has to do with technology. So let's take a guy like Corey, right? We all know who Corey is right now out of the 300 people that are watching this live and however many people end up watching this, they have no idea who Corey Ruiz is, right? Right. But along the journey in the process two and a half years ago, I know that I needed 
as part of my business to be able to produce really good video content that rivals what you could see from a Titleist or a TaylorMade or whatever you wanted to pick that it was being thrown at me by a client. How can we make something like this or Nike or whatever? I don't have a skill set to do it. You two don't have a skill set to do it. Matt doesn't have a skill set to do it. But what we but what we can do is try to find someone that we can invite into bowling that has that skill set and try to marry the two together. And a guy like Corey can help bowling so much that nobody ever gets to see. He's helped me with my business. I introduced him to you guys. And now he's helping you guys with editing. He's done some of the edits for you. But you guys have learned from him. We've all stayed in a house together during the World Series of Bowling. We've gone to a Buck Cherry concert together. Talk a little bit about, about just that, you know, what I just spoke about. Yeah, you know, that's – as far as the bowling industry, kind of like you talked about, is, is really unique in the fact that, you know, it's always kind of seemed like they've been behind the trends. And like you said, uh, I think a lot of people in bowling are stuck in their ways uh, a little bit. And it was in the perspective, for instance, if we use the example of Corey, uh, has helped us. Um, um, I mean, I can't even explain how much he's helped us. I know for me personally, when uh, when I, the we were just starting the vlog and I went and did the EBI vlogs at Junior Gold, which turned out amazing. And for me, that was kind of like a boot camp. I mean, that was such a stressful but fun week. Uh, you're talking, we're getting up anywhere between – uh, eight and 10 o'clock we're filming all day. And then we had these crazy long edits at night and we did that every day for, I don't know how many episodes, Mike, we did like 10 or so, something around there. Uh, but I learned so much through that process on how to get better at video and how to get better at editing, how to shoot, how to try to put a story together throughout the day. And it was just for me that helped. I mean, without that little week, uh, I would have been behind the curve in editing and doing uh, this whole process months. I mean, I'm talking a long time. I, in fact, I may have never have gotten as good. Uh, so it's bringing that outside expertise, and especially with Corey, because in the cool thing about Corey that I enjoyed is he knew nothing about bowling. So there was no there was no bias about what we should shoot. It was just crazy raw perspective that. Uh, it really collaborated well together because I could bring a little bit of bowling knowledge into it. And then he could be like, well, this makes sense and let's do it this way. Uh, especially from a filmmaking standpoint. Uh, and it was just, it, that was one of the coolest weeks I've ever had. It was one of those weeks that you, during the week, man, we were, we were tired. We were crazy. You were there, Mike. I mean, we're you wanted up, to kill me. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> This is not worth it. This is terrible. I mean, we would have such a great time, but then when it's five o'clock in the morning, we're still not done with the edit and we're tired and it's just awful. And we got to get up because we have this whole story to do tomorrow. Uh, it was brutal, but looking back on it, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. It was one of the best experiences of my life that I've had. And, and you know, junior gold is such a great place to interact with the kids and they're awesome. And, you know, that's especially a tournament that I can't wait to go back to because it's, it's such a good time with everybody. Yeah. And then, and then how about all the people that, that we worked with that are like, all these guys get to do is walk around and film each other. And we got to, we got to work all day and, and, and talk to people and everything Dude, what they're doing is easy. I would, you know, I exactly, man. And, and it's one of those things. Yeah. Like it, and that's, it was fun. I will have to say it was fun during the day. We had a very free schedule. We got to do a lot of cool things, right? I mean, we're just setting our own schedule. We're like, Hey, let's go down to the Dallas stadium and just film a bit while everyone else has got to be stuck in the bowling center. But I bet, I bet you if uh, they flipped it around, you know, the thing was 
it was all it was all kind of innovative you know you're creating something you're not just doing one task throughout the day so it's not as mundane as that would be but at the same time i don't think they would like those hours that we were putting up yeah and then the next year you decided to go bowl the pba league instead of coming back and doing it again uh shame on you by the way shame <laughs> shame uh so then matt got thrown into it and went through the exact same process that you did a year later both thankfully thankfully not nearly as grueling though because we had learned from kyle's experience of staying up till 6 a.m every day editing and on the prep calls mike was like yeah we're not doing that we're not having that so we actually luckily we had Corey stick behind in california so he was three hours behind us so we could film all day do some uh, preliminary editing and then shoot it on over to them but I appreciate you going to bowl and being good at bowling, Kyle, because it got me in the door. There you go. And that experience right there is why I'm sitting here right now. Um, so yeah, man, good good for you. And uh I'm grateful that you guys you you'll you guys will continue being the PBA League. The one thing the one thing about that week too that was so frustrating is that YouTube was such a new space and we we're putting these and we we're putting these videos on the EBI channel and we're doing all this work. And these videos are awesome, man. Like if you guys, if you guys want to see some cool videos from junior gold, if you're fans of youth bowling, if you haven't seen them you need to go check out, I believe it's on Ebonite bowling, the junior gold vlogs. I mean, we worked our butt off and these videos would only get like a thousand views and I'm, we're just frying over it. Cause we're, I mean, there's some really cool stuff in there, a really good content. Uh, and it was just so like, it's one of those things you're putting in all this work, you're, you know, staying up late and then you're not getting the results, even though you think you're going to make some headway. And that's a lot of the YouTube space. If we want to get into it, man, you can think you have a dynamite video and it's just not what your audience wants to see. YouTube doesn't like it or whatever the case may be. Uh, so there's a lot of, you know, and you have this emotional attachment to this content because you put all this work in it. You think it's going to be great. And then it tanks. So that was a, that was a rough stretch, rough uh, thing to deal with while we were making that content. Yeah, definitely. And, and Brad, what what are some of the biggest struggles with making content that, that you believe that there is that you guys have seen so far? I mean, I I've, I've got one for you, actually. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I remember this specifically. I did want to get to this. It's in my notes here. Remember when, when you said when you guys were trying to get bowlers on the tour, when you walked around with a camera and they just like, get the hell out of my face with them yeah. and what it's like now? Maybe talk about that a little bit. I remember there was one t last year in Indianapolis, Kyle and I got this bit with Barnes and it, it, he just got done bowling. I think he just missed the show and we're in the paddock and I just got the camera up facing Barnes and he actually accepted it. Like, and, and he, and he was his, his funny self. It was perfect. It was exactly what we wanted to put in our vlog. Uh, just cause so people can kind of get to know Barnes. He was exactly himself in front of the camera. And I can remember thinking like, wow, that was easy. He didn't even care that a camera was in front of him. He was just, you know, himself. And then I think that was like one of the first experiences that we had where people were really kind of open to this camera. Because it is weird, right? Like when you're in the paddock or when you're somewhere and you're not used to a camera being there and all of a sudden you're putting your balls away or whatever and there's a camera in your face, you know, that could make you think twice. It could make you uh, shut down. You know, I don't know. Um, but... Barnes was perfect. He was exactly himself. And that was, that was a cool moment because that was when people really started to warm up to it. And I, and uh, the PBA league last year, Kyle Troop came up to us and he's like, so how many subscribers do you guys got? And I'm like, I think uh, 25, 
uh, I think I might have said just like 25 or 27, something like that. And he goes, oh, 2,700? I'm like, no, 27,000. And he goes, whoa, <laughs> really? <laughs> and so like, at, like once it started to grow, people really opened up to it. It was, but at the first, I think one of the biggest struggles though is just kind of figuring out what makes sense for your channel. So your titles, you got to have some kind of guy making thumbnails. If you're not good at it, you got to have your descriptions match your titles. You got to figure out what your, what content people like. There's a lot that goes into the YouTube game that you just simply can't know by without doing it. You got to put some time in and you got to figure out exactly like Kyle put together the best video we've ever made production wise with his friends and that video got 14,000 views, but a, hey, a, so mad. a vlog we made that uh, we oh, barely man. even shot anything got 70,000 views. So it's just the, the internet space and the content space is a really interesting thing that you just got to put in time. You just got to figure out, you got to have some videos at tank. You got to have some errors. You got to film instructional videos where the audio didn't record. So you can't, you can't release those. Like there's just a lot of, things that are going to happen that you just got to get through before you can really become efficient at what you're doing. It's, it's the sum of the whole. It's not the, it's not what happens today or yesterday or the day after it's the sum of the whole. And we had, we had a big meeting last night uh, off air with my entire team about what we're doing and what we're trying to do. And we're launching instructional videos now for a couple of reasons. One is we want to, we want to turn more people onto bowling in the sport. We know what the keywords are that they search for on YouTube. And we want to have other content out there. That's good. That's meaningful that they can watch and say, I want to go do that now. Right. And also there is the monetary side of this, how to hook a bowling ball is normally a hundred thousand slam dunk views. Now, granted, we're only at about 10,000 views on ours because of coronavirus and people aren't out bowling searching that term. But it, but it is very important that, uh, that that you do try to monetize these things. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the business side of things before we let you get out of here. We're going to keep you a little bit longer. But it is so important for us, for you, for these people out here to support what we're doing, whether if it's sharing it with someone so that we can get more views through AdSense, whether if it's, hey, I love what these people are doing. They're providing value to me, and I didn't have to pay for a subscription with Netflix or whatever to watch this free content. So I'm going to go purchase one of their T-shirts because all the proceeds go to these guys to support what they're doing as we bring it up on the screen right now. We do have all this merch available on Inside Bowling, which is which is our store. But we partner with you guys, and now we've partnered with some of the folks with, on the house. And all of the proceeds from this goes to you guys to help you with your bowling careers. Now, we also talked about how you guys are studying YouTube, and you guys have, you guys have attended Vid Summit. And, and that's not cheap to fly out there and attend that seminar and learn how to do these things to grow your channel. It is a business. You guys also have your your membership, which is a which is a behind the scenes, very intimate setting, smaller group of people that they can interact with mm -hmm. you and, and contact you and and get raw feedback immediately. It's not for everybody. It's 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 a little on the on the pricey side in the world of bowling. But you didn't want it to be thousands of people. You want it to be that, that smaller classroom setting. And it's there for the people that want it, can try it for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, get out, get in, whatever they want to do. But if they want to take their game serious, they have that opportunity to get up close and personal with Brad and Kyle. So you guys have all these different things going on. And now you're expanding the house into its own thing with, with, with your brothers of, of the tour, so to speak. And you're helping each other with them. You're starting new business ventures and passing it along. So if, if you guys, we'll start with you, Kyle, if you could touch on the business side of things and what people can do to support what you're doing and where you want to go. 
Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I'm uh, most proud of, of about this whole journey and growing our business is that uh, we still haven't taken a dime. Like Brad and I have not paid ourselves a dime from this. I think probably the, uh, I guess, the, the only benefit that we really had from the YouTube channel was flying out to Vid Summit. Like we used the money from our business to fly ourselves out to Vid Summit. Yes, we got to go hang out in California, but we're attending all these conferences all day. You know, they're 10 hour days. We're, and we're using that time to figure out, okay, how does everyone else do it? And we can bring that knowledge in the bowling, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Uh, so that's probably the only thing that we've really, really benefited from. I mean, so, and that's what we've tried to create this culture that we're in this to grow bowling. You know, uh, would we love to create uh, uh, some kind of business model? And we're trying to create that where we can support ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's definitely a goal. But we, 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 we feel like even though that we've grown a lot, we're very, we've been become influential in the bowling industry. Uh, we still haven't reached that peak. And so everything has always been reinvested in it. Uh, and we're just trying to figure out different ways to, you know, get people inspired uh, in, in that sense. So it's, it's always, it's always, how can we do more? How can we grow everything? How can we make this the biggest, best thing? And we've definitely put that way above our own monetary gain. Uh, which is something I'm really proud of. I'm happy we're in the situation that we can do that. Uh, but again, it's it it wouldn't happen without the support of everyone, uh, just you know helping us out with our journey. Yeah, I got an email this morning or a private message on 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 Facebook that completely blew me away from a gentleman who said, "Hey, Mike, I just shared the Mike Shady coaching video in in our group page, and I want to send you guys money for the work that you've done on this video." Where can I sit? Do you have PayPal, Venmo? What is it? I want to I want to help support you, you and Mike Shady and all the work that you guys are doing. And it really blew me away this morning that I got that message from someone. And I know you guys have had Patreon in the past, your members for the membership. But really what what they're doing is they're just pouring out some love and some reach to you to say, keep going. We want to help fund this. It's almost like Kickstarter without saying it is Kickstarter. Right. Yeah. yeah and then. Like you said, we we've launched this membership that we've been working our butt off. It was another is uncharted territory, and yes, it is it is a little on the high dollar side. And and the reason we wanted to do that, and like you said, it was we wanted to make it a more exclusive group. And uh, even though we offer discounts and stuff all the time, we'd love to have people in there as many people as we could have. But we only wanted people in there that were super serious about the game. Uh, that can interact with us on a daily basis and that really, really want to get better. And I think the cool thing is that we still provide a ton of free content on YouTube. So it's like, okay, you know, I understand that some people maybe can't afford this. Uh, maybe they're not uh, as involved in the game to where it makes sense. But even if you can't do that, we're still providing all this free stuff uh, on the YouTube channel because, you know, again, we just want to grow bowling. But the membership has been awesome. The members in there are great. Um, and we really, really love doing it. So, and we try to, you know, it's just all about giving back, trying to go to the sport. Uh, we know that, you know, bowling necessarily hasn't been, uh, it went through a little bit of a rough patch. I think we're on a slight, a bit of an incline, uh, but, you know, we're just trying to do our part to grow and, you know, help out. Coronavirus wasn't good timing for you guys either. Cause your channel was absolutely crushing it right before oh, it went down. We would have hit a hundred thousand subscribers this summer, man. We were crushing, and like it was just like content was going to be great. We have so many members going to make the playoffs. 
you know, Chris buys and all this chance to make shows. Everyone else is in the chance to make shows. Uh, we got the PBA league was going to come around. Like the whole house is going to be in the PBA league damn near. And yeah, the Corona man, like everyone else, it just crushed our hopes and dreams. I mean, just to, just to give some perspective this year, we made a video about one of our roommates winning a hundred thousand dollars. Like if that doesn't say progress, like before, it was like, ah, eh, we lost five hundred dollar entry fee and five hundred dollar hotel fee. We lost a thousand bucks for the week. That was our content for the day for the week. <laughs> and now we're like, we're shipping a hundred thousand dollar tournaments, or our friends are. And it, it's just such a crazy journey. And the way it was going, look at all the people in the house, man. They're all getting better. Before you know it, uh, they're gonna be the ones bowling. Like, there's gonna be two house members, three house members on step ladders for a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Like, it's all just being set up so perfectly. And then, bam! Yeah, it was rough. Guys, we we we're, we're kind of running out of time. Um, Are we? Yeah, a little bit. Matt, uh, did you did you have any uh, anything that you really wanted to ask these guys? I know I've kind of dominated this show, and I apologize for that, buddy. No, nothing to apologize for, Mike. This, I think we have certain shows where I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot more than you're gonna shoot, but uh, we're. We're working. We're in this together here, man. And sometimes we can alternate shoot with shoot, Jordan and who's who's Rod. Yeah, shoot or shoot, baby. And and Flanagan likes to shoot. There's no secret about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I just think it's really cool, Brad. We bowled together at the Open Championships. Like I don't know how many years ago now, six, seven, eight years ago. My first year I ever bowled the Open Championships, and I remember you fouled like six times throughout the event, and you like and during singles you like cussed out the foul line, and you're just so fried and done. Uh, and we just we had a blast. And Kyle, we we actually roomed together at Junior Team USA camp a while back. We weren't as close then, I think, as we are now. But it's been so cool to watch you guys grow. And I think what you guys, you know, the story you tell about Kyle Troop, like, oh yeah, like twenty seven hundred, no twenty seven thousand. You know, I think that that speaks volumes to the grind, right? And you know, people were hesitant. People probably made fun of you guys for carrying cameras around. People probably teased you, like, oh, the YouTube stars, Brad and Kyle, right? And now you look at you guys and you guys are coming up on a hundred thousand followers and everybody wants to be in your videos. And I, 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 I effing love that. I'm not going to cuss, but I freaking love that. I you love. Dude, can I, can I tell the story from team USA camp from my perspective? Oh yeah. 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 I, I don't Dude. know where you're going with this, but yeah. Dude. Okay. So back in the day, me and Matt weren't very close. In fact, I didn't really like Matt a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, no, I think it was mutual because we were so similar. <laughs> and we both had egos. And yeah. we both were just like, yeah, no, this dude's like and, out. And we we roomed with each other that week. We're rooming, right? And and I, I really I really didn't like Matt. I just – I don't know why. We didn't know each other very well. And yeah. I was just like, you know, this guy, he rubs me the wrong way, you know? Yeah. It was, dude, it's so funny. We had to do an exercise, right? And we had to do an exercise, and you had to stand next to the person that you trust the least. And I stood right next to Matt. Uh, I love we're, it. We're, I don't even know if he remembers this, but I stood <laughs> next to Matt. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm here. I'm gonna be honest about this. This is what it is. And I stood right next to him, and we were rooming together. And now it's just really cool because the the circle is completely flipped, man. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's cool to see that progression. So. I thought I, I, I enjoy that story because I'm oh. like, oh, things have changed. Yeah, and and also for that story, uh, on my way down to Team USA camp that year, my flight got rerouted and delayed, so I had to spend the night in San Antonio before I got to Dallas. And so when I get to Dallas, um, 
Kyle, we had, we had, we were in these hotel rooms where we had a suite, but there was only one king bed. And then there was a big pullout king size bed as well. And I'm in there and this was my third year on the team. This was Kyle's first year on the team. I'm like, all right, this freaking rookie's getting the couch bed, right? This freaking rookie's getting the couch bed. I get in there. Kyle's got his stuff all over this king size bed and never once is like, yeah, man, I'll take the couch. I know I'm the rookie or anything like that. And I was like, this, this guy, man, he's the audacity for this dude to come in here and to try to take this king size bed from me. He's a freaking rookie. Who does this guy think he is? But man, it's so cool. It's so cool. Cause I just think we didn't know each other well. And we like, we were very similar, very competitive. We both like to do other things other than bowling. We like basketball. We like music, you know, like we were very similar. And I think that we, you know, instead of teaming up for good, we kind of like we're going after each other. But over the years, man, it's been such a joy to just grow with you guys and watch you guys do your thing, man. Hundreds when we when when you guys get to hundred thousand subscribers, we're gonna have to plan it out. And we're going to have to all have a, a party together and just meet up and uh, just celebrate because your guys' success is so freaking cool. And you guys are on the cusp of winning left and right on the tour. And there's no secret about that. So it's just freaking awesome to watch. Yeah. That. Hey, by the way, if you guys are so similar, uh, where the hell were you, Matt, when we when Kyle was about to pick a, a fist fight on a golf course? Who who came to Kyle's? <laughs> <laughs> we we can almost tell that story now, right? Almost, almost tell. One day we'll tell I that story. The, we're running out of time. I, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Kyle in that form. <laughs> oh, that was a good story. We're gonna have to tell that story like five years down the road when the statute of limitations runs out or something. I, I don't really know. Yeah, time capsule that one. Guys, um, we got one more order of business here. I've seen some comments coming in. Where do we order your merch, right? And, and it's it's interesting that we even get that question because we just assume everybody knows insidebowling.com is where you can pick up your merch. Again, all of the proceeds go to these guys. They got a pretty healthy royalty check for yeah. last quarter for all the house stuff that was going on, and we appreciate all that support. Uh, it helps support our friends, Nate and Elizabeth, who have two adopted twin kids producing the shirts and stuff like that helps them. It gets us new customers into our system that we can then retarget to try to sell them some of our stuff. But all the proceeds go to these guys. If you want to support them, pick up their merch, show up to PBA events, wear it and uh, just help support their journey. They haven't taken a dime yet. And it's because they keep reinvesting in things, buying cameras. You can go listen to a podcast that we did at World Series of Bowling. God, I don't even know when it was two years ago now in Detroit where we sat down and did a deep dive with me and you guys, you can listen to it on, on uh, iTunes, I believe and Spotify as well through the anchor app. Uh, and we get into more of this type of stuff if you like to, to listen to it. So I knew today's show was going to be more of a deep dive into the business side of things and a little history on you guys, which a lot of people don't get to hear. I like to do things a little bit opposite of what everybody else likes to do all the fun and, and grab ass and what you guys do at the house is available on Thursday nights on your channel. And we're just, Really happy to know you guys and be involved with your business now. And and I think the, the last thing I want to say before I give you guys an opportunity to say some parting words is I talked to a lot of people about potentially getting into the YouTube space two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. And you weren't the first guys I, I approached. I approached other people in bowling that had more influence and were bigger at the time. But you were the guys that, that took the words that I talked about and the idea and you ran with it. Uh, an idea is just an idea. The execution is the key. And Matt's learning that working with me at Inside Bowling. He's got a lot of ideas too. But even executing something like this show, it has become three hours a day. And we're on episode 23. 
And the daily grind of this, when the weekends come, it's really nice. And I know when coronavirus came, it was probably really nice not to have to be in that grind. But damn, you miss that adrenaline rush every day. All that work, that boot camp at Junior Gold that you mentioned, Kyle, it was a boot camp. Uh, I was even questioning after day two, why did I why did I sign these guys up for this goofy ass idea? And it's so, so gratifying to hear you say today on these airwaves that 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 taught me a lot and it progressed me so much on our journey. And it almost get, gets me emotional to think about that, you know, that that did work because not everything works. Just like you said, your best video you made didn't work. So I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to say some parting words before we let you go. Matt and I will wrap up the show. Brad, what do you got to say? Man, it's just a cool time, dude. Look at all the progress everybody's made. I mean, from you telling us that we should start a YouTube channel and showing us Casey Neistat. By the way, I tweeted at Casey Neistat because he made he tweeted his video that he bowled the White House and I told him he was an inspiration and he lived one of our dreams that day. And I was hoping he'd see the tweet on the see the tweet. But, you know, maybe that day's coming. But you, you told us Casey Neistat and David Dobrik. And it's crazy to see how in love Kyle and I fell with the art of actually putting together videos. It's the greatest feeling in the world, just like Kyle and his junior gold. Like when you put that kind of grind in and yeah, no one saw the videos, but you deep down know that you did a good job. And, and putting together a finalized product for people to watch is really beautiful. And it's great that we've been able to broadcast uh, the PBA. You know, I, I want to be, I want to become, I don't know, at one point in time, I wanted to become the greatest bowler in the world. But now if I can just influence the PBA uh, pretty well then uh, through our content, then I, 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 I'm really happy with that. And, and when we're on the road bowling, like it's a lot and we're stressed and I don't sleep a whole lot, but uh, when we look back and do these shows and talk about old vlogs that we made, like it, it really, really makes the journey worth it. And to see you guys doing your show and Chris and Stu doing their show and uh, seeing all these guys really open up to social media, you know, maybe we had an impact in that, which is exactly what we wanted, uh, specifically when it comes to the younger generation and the youth and guys like Justin Bone, who are starting early when they're 17. You know, we started when we were 26. If if kids can get the idea that the internet is here to stay and potentially eventually will be bigger than television and television cable probably won't be around in 30 years. If they can get a jump start on the internet, they can really help their careers when it comes to bowling, especially the first five years. Um, so it's just crazy to see the where we are now compared to where we were six months ago, two years ago for us, for you guys. Now, Mike, you've got a, a trustworthy guy, Matt, we're all working together. Stewie and, Barnes, they're having us on their show. Uh, the PBA is really taking light to seeing what we're doing on the internet. And they're even reaching out for maybe some advice. And uh, it's just cool to, to see everything and everybody just working together. Uh, it, it shows me that we're going to be yards ahead of where we were uh, five, 10 years ago, which I'm sure is making Tom Clark proud, Coley proud, you guys proud. Like uh, We all there's enough to go around for everybody. The internet is just such an insane place that uh, if, if we all work together, you know, great things can happen and they're happening, which is amazing. Yeah. And your, your housemates as well, Darren, what he's doing on Twitch and now Chris yeah. as well. Yeah. Kyle. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you guys. Uh, you know, Mike, you've always been uh really an anchor for us. You know, you're, you always been someone that we can rely on and give us help 
uh, when we're in a pinch or trying to learn something new and, you know, just trying to improve ourselves. So honestly, we really wouldn't be, and I, we were, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're at without Mike. Um, you know, he's always helped us out um, in any which way he can. And he's always just believed in us. Uh, and it's just, it's been really amazing to have that resource that you can count on. And Mike's one of the most hardworking guys, I think, in this industry, innovative, amazing ideas. Some not so amazing, but you, know, <laughs> you get the good with the bad. Uh, and then Matt comes along I mean, in extremely hardworking. Uh, and it's just, he's been, you guys have just, like I said, it's just been that anchor for us. You know, you've helped us improve our product. You hold us to higher standards. I am more necessarily not doing the things we should do. And uh, it's just been awesome to work with you guys. And uh, hopefully we can keep the keep the good uh, good work up and uh, the momentum going. And it's just been good. So support these guys at Inside Bowling. They do an awesome job. This show's awesome. Uh, and it's been an amazing journey. Thanks for the notes on the Kimberly Pressler interview, by the way. I know you'll enjoy that one. Oh, great, man. It was great. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle called me and he goes, dude. Did you listen to the podcast with Kimberly Presser? He literally told me just for that. <laughs> she was at the Playboy Mansion? <laughs> hey. And that came back so red. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah when she called it, called tattoos delicious, I was like, there was a lot of adjectives in my mind. And delicious <laughs> was not the word I thought she was going to use. But you go, Kimberly. You go, girl. You tell them. That was great. Oh, funny, man. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Matt and I are going to wrap up the show. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you later today, like always. And it's just awesome taking a bird's eye view of the relationships. And a lot of people have been saying it's the best show we've ever done. So thanks for that. And thanks for letting us simulcast on your platform, too. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks sure. for having All right, Matt. So there we go. Longest show yet. Longest show. Most viewers. I mean, we're, we're set. Yesterday, we simulcast on the most platforms ever. Last week, we had the most, most people on the stream ever at a time. Uh, the show's growing, Mike, and I gotta say, dude, from episode one, and I say this, I think, a lot on a lot of different episodes that we have, but just thinking about the growth, and I think we can relate it today to Brad and Kyle's channel, right? Like, we're we're looking at our growth here from going from like forty people watching to maybe a hundred people watching consistently. They've gone from zero on YouTube to seventy thousand. Right. Imagine if we had 70,000 people watching a live video or a thousand people watching, you know, like that's that's going to be the really cool part about all of this. So I'm grateful to be buddies with them. It's really uh, it's been an amazing experience. So uh, another great show today. So much more we could have gotten into. We, I mean, we could really do a business business inside on things. You know, one of the other things we didn't touch on is is their ability to be trendsetters in bowling. You know, they're on the same channel, but I know that both of their ball companies would love to have both of them. But they've really they've made a decision to, to, to stick the line and 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 no, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. We I can be with one and another can be with the other and we can collaborate together and everything's just fine and we grow bowling together. And just little things like that that people don't even think about that are that are such a big deal. And um, you know, even when Brad came out to visit Storm, he stayed at my house. No big deal. Like, you know, it's just that's that's yeah. that's what they represent is grow bowling. And I couldn't be prouder of them, even though I told them to start their own YouTube channels. They did it together and just disobeyed me. They disobeyed me, Matt. It's all right, Mike. It's all right, because uh, it's all going to come full circle. And already, it already is. Um, and maybe we need that little bit of rebel inside of them to disobey the one and only Mike Flanagan. Uh, so we can all 
we can all feast and win together. So, uh, man, just overall great, guys. We've got uh, another exciting show tomorrow, Mike. Uh, really looking forward to tomorrow's show. Yeah, Mike, um, Megan and Robbie Spigner, we're going to talk it over, what's going on in the bowling industry, how things are happening at the center level. But we're out of here for today, Matt. Great job producing. Thanks so much for all you do. Thanks to everybody for watching today. And we'll see you tomorrow on episode 24 with Robbie Spigner and Mike Vega. See you, everybody. Thank you.